This is the Scots Bass Lessons Podcast and I am your host, Scott Devine. This podcast is brought to you by the Scots Bass Lessons Academy, the number one online learning platform for bass players that want to take their bass playing to the next level. Hey guys, how's it going? It's Scott here again from the Scots Bass Lessons Podcast and obviously scotsbasslessons.com. Um, I'm here in the SBL Towers, as we call it, Scott's Bass Lessons Towers. I'm, it's almost 10 o'clock. I'm here with George, my dog, and the uh, the kids have gone to bed. The wife's in bed, you know. We've got two little um, little kids, one's two and a half, and the other one's just turned six months old. So sleep at our place is, you know, somewhat a rarity to a certain extent. So that's why all those guys are in bed and I decided to come down the office and uh, and, and record this for you. Uh, because it's, uh, as all of you out there with kids will know, sometimes it's, it's hard to, you know, just get stuff done in the day. Anyway, on to this week's show. And just before we got onto this week's show, actually, I really want to just send out a massive thanks to everybody that supported the episode one last week. I cannot believe the response we got. It was just phenomenal. It's just, you know, it absolutely blew me away. We were all, all the SBL team, and um, we were all waited, you know, bated breath, hopefully, hoping that it was going to, you know, be well received because it was something completely different that we, you know, that we'd done before. We hadn't done this before, sorry. And it was just completely different. So we didn't know how it was going to go down. We didn't know whether you guys were going to be into it or not, but it was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, In episode one, we had Ricky Minor, who is or has been musical director for some of the biggest acts in history, you know, right through from... He worked with the likes of Stevie Wonder and Ray Charles right through to uh, Christine Aguilera, Aguilera and Whitney Houston. You know, the list just goes on and on. He's a real heavyweight and he was a super cool guy and, you know, just a great guy to hang out with, but also super inspirational as well, just in his mindset and the way he approaches playing bass and just being a musician. So if you did miss episode one, go check it out over the the, uh, over the website, scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode one. Um, but today we're on episode two. So today we've got Nick West. Okay, so she is... Well, I actually met her out in, let me think, the first time I met Nick was, it was actually last year in Germany, and then we hooked up this year in Germany as well at the Warwick Base Camp or Warwick Base Bash. I'm not sure exactly what they call it, but it's a it's an event that, you know, all of us bass players go to and hang out and just have a have good fun and, you know, and party until the uh, the wee hours of the morning. But, um, yeah, so I met Nick this this uh, this year in Germany as well, and we hooked up, and then we were just, you know, I, I asked her then if she'd be up for doing the interview, and she was, which was great. So we, when I went out to LA, we, we hooked up when we were out there. She came around the place that we were staying, and, and the interview that you're about to hear is is what took place. Now, if you haven't heard of Nick before, she is a super, super busy bass player. She's playing with the likes of Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics. She's playing with Prince. She's got her own projects going on. So there's a lot of exciting things happening for her right now. And, and man, she deserves it. She's a killer player. Um, what I really got from this interview is 
just how Nick puts herself out there. And she talks about this specifically with Prince, how she didn't feel she was ready for the call. But when she got the call, she knew, you know, she just had to go and do it. I'm going to let her tell you about that. But I've been in that situation before where I felt that, you know, I wasn't quite ready for a situation that I was about to jump into, but I've done it anyway. So, and I really think that it's something that everybody should do. You've got to get yourself out of your comfort zone. If you really want to push your plane to the next level, get yourself out of your comfort zone because it's where the most, it's where the most, you know, the really great stuff happens. When you're not in your comfort zone, that's where the great stuff happens. Now, if you want to check out Nick's playing, I've actually put um, a couple of videos in the show notes. So go over to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode two. So scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode two. And there's a couple of great videos of her playing on that. So make sure you go over to the site and check those out if you're listening on iTunes. And also guys, if you are listening on iTunes, it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave a review and obviously subscribe on iTunes as well. For episode one, it was the, the reviews we got were so great. Um, that we got put on the uh, new and no, uh, new and noteworthy. Can't even speak today. The new and noteworthy. I think we came number four in the music category on iTunes, which is absolutely insane. So super stoked about that. Anyway, guys, I will leave you now and take you right to the interview. Hey guys, how's it going? I am lucky enough to be here with Nick West. Um, if you've been living in a cave for the last few <laughs> years, you might have missed her. But if you haven't been in, living in a cave, you'll know that you know she's on the scene and she's doing a lot of great gigs. We've just been talking about her working with Prince, and you've got Dave Stewart, and you've got your own projects, and all of these you know cool things. But before we get into all that juicy stuff, how did the bass find you? How did you get into it? The bass found me because I... Well, I was playing guitar, yeah. like 12, because I wanted to be just like my dad. He played guitar. And he picked us up from school one day, and he was he was always playing Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson's You Want to Be Starting Something came on. Awesome, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd heard this song a million times. But for some reason this day, I really listened to it. Yeah. And the bass line was just driving the song. And I said, what is that? My dad's like, oh, baby, that's a bass. And I'm like, well, that's what I want to play right there, because <laughs> I love that. So the next day he went out and bought me bass. Really? Yes. So he was just sort of like super up for you to get into it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. And like, was he like a was he a hobby hobby guitar player or was it, was it his job or you know was um, it a musical family you came from? Yes. So my yes. Yeah, so my dad came from. We all came from a musical family. I mean, he's he's got twelve brothers and one sister, and they all sing or play some sort of instrument wow. very well. Yeah. So. We so just it was grew inevitable, up. Right from it the start. was inevitable, but he he did not want me to get into the music industry at all. Like he would, he was into uh, gospel music. That's how I learned. I never learned how to read or anything at first. He just threw me up at church. He was like, "Here's the bass. The choir is singing. Play what you hear." And I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You have ears. Use them." So I mean, that's kind of how I learned how to play bass just by watching him. I mean, he's he'd been playing the gospel and like blues stuff forever yeah yeah. so it yeah. was just i think it was just in me and like did you, what, what you what were your influences back then in terms of like bass plays and then how were you learning were you just sort of like copying what the bass players were doing and then just using it yourself you know what and this sounds really strange but i didn't really get into bass players until later on when people started taking me serious and was like yeah. i'm like oh 
This is my career? (laughs) This is my career? What? Fender wants to sign? What? Okay, I need to listen. Yeah. But my dad was my influence. I mean, he'd play the guitar and then we would write songs because me and my sisters, we were like the first band. We would write songs and stuff and then he'd be like, give me the bass. So he'd play the bass and show me how to do it and then I would play it and then we we would record it. So he was like teaching you? He was teaching me, but, like, but he wasn't but, a bass player. On the job type of thing, yeah. yeah right. He yeah. wasn't a bass player by any means. I mean, he was a guitar player, so he played with a pick. And did you, you know start playing with a pick? No, I played with my thumb. Okay. So the crazy thing is, is when I started playing. Right, over the thumb, yeah. Everything was with my thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until later that I was like, oh, you're supposed to do it like this? And is that when you started? Oh, you mean I can play faster if I do it like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice as fast. You've got two moving things. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I think that's why I think when I slap, my thumb is so fast because that's how I learned. Is because you were just using your thumb. Just using my thumb, yeah. like as a pick. And what kind of tunes were you playing? Was it all gospel stuff? I was playing a lot of blues stuff. So he was into B.B. King. He loves um, George Benson. Like George Benson was his, his favorite guitar player. Yeah. yeah so yeah, he yeah, always yeah. played that. And I would just sit and oh, I wonder how to play this. And then I would just listen and I would just play it. So I learned by ear. And when did, when did you sort of like think to yourself, this is it? Um, you know, because there's a big difference between sort of, you know, playing with your dad and just sort of like copying a few licks and then, right. and then to where you are now. When did you sort of like decide that that was the route that you were going to go down? And when you did decide that, did you start practicing seriously? You know, were you a diligent student? <laughs> you know, it's so crazy. I... It was by accident. I was in school, you know, being an engineer. I'd always gotten like an engineer, chemical engineer. I'd always gotten like straight A's. I was in the schools for the gifted. I was always tested really, really high. So my dad was just like, you're a genius. How dare you go and play music? Like you're supposed to be the doctor or the engineer. Like you're the only one that can do it, right? You can do it. And so I think when he kind of told me, no, 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 you're not doing that. I was kind of like, there must be something to it. Yeah. What do you mean I'm not doing that? Let me try it. <laughs> so I think I um, hit up a friend on MySpace and I was like, okay, so I have this bass. I want to take the frets out because I've been listening to some Jocko Pistorius. How old was? How old were you then? I was probably 21. Okay. So you were listening to bass players by this point? Yes. Right? Well, okay. So I started playing at 16, played till I was about 18, Yeah. stopped playing the bass completely because I got discouraged. The guys wouldn't let me play. So I'm like, bump this. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to yeah. go model and I'm going to go be an engineer. Cool. So I picked it back up at 21. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so about four years break, right? Yes. No, no, no. 16. So when, how long did you? 18, 19, 20, 21. So yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. three years. Yeah. And um, I picked it back up because a friend was like, you're selling out. You're on the runway doing all this model stuff, but you're a dope bass player. Why are you not playing? You're stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm not stupid. So. I was like, okay, I'm going to learn how to play the bass again. It was yeah. kind of like I had to learn all over again because I hadn't played in forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's when I started, okay, let me listen to some bass players. Jaco Pastorius was the first one that I kind of came across, and I was like, yeah, no, I can't play that. So let me try something easier. <laughs> I'm like, let me try something easier. Yeah. And then um, one of my friends was just like, hey, you need to listen to some chicks. I'm like, girls play bass? Like, I had no idea. I was just completely blind. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, you're going to listen to Rhonda Smith. You're going to learn about, and if you listen to people like Jennifer Batten, yeah, and you yeah, can yeah, yeah, do yeah. some of the stuff that they can do, oh my gosh, you'd be untouchable. Yeah. So I'm like, 
okay, let me try it. So I was like, but I need you to tell me how to get that jackal sound. <laughs> he's like, well, he didn't have frets. Why don't you ask offender people because they know how to get it. Yeah. So he's like, here's the email. Uns- I send an unsolicited email to Fender. Like, I need to know how to get this jackal sound. And yeah. I have a Fender. Please tell me. And did you get reply? It. And that was it. Right. I did. So. Hey, that's Yes. <laughs> the guy that makes a lot of the electronics and everything in the bases. Yeah. He sent me an email and he's like, um, okay, I'll get back with you after the weekend. So it's just like, okay, he's just blowing me off, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this is all like the first connection of Fender and you. Yes. Yeah. Very first wow. connection. And then so I figured he's going to get back with me on Monday. He emails me like five minutes later. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just checked out something that you did online. You're really good. I'm going to pass you to Tony Franklin. Amazing. And then everything just kind of took off from there. It was completely by accident. I was not trying to be like, oh, yeah, I want to be endorsed. I want to be for real. Yeah. It was just, can you show me how to do this? So you did, so that's super fast, right? Yes. Wow. And was that quite intense for you? Were you like? It was intense because, oh. you know what? You know what's crazy? I've always been a really good student. I always got straight A's. I was like ranked number one for track and field in, in my state. But bass was something that did not just come easy to me. Yeah, it was something that I that. knew yeah. that I had, okay, if Fender's trying to sign me and all this, so that, I need to really make sure that I earned this and yeah, I yeah, really yeah, deserve yeah, this, yeah. you know? So from that point on, like, I probably spent eight hours a day practicing. Right. Okay. And that's why I think that's my fantastic. learning curve, it just happened so fast because I was so diligent. And who, you, who were you listening to in that period? I was listening to a lot of Motown, yeah. of course. Um, Jameson, right? Yes, Jameson. Of course, still listening to Jacko. Marcus Miller. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Miller was became one of my favorites, you know, really quick. Because he was one that took the bass, just like Jacko, and made it sound like Marcus. Yeah. He said, you have a goal. He's His goal was to make sure that when people heard his music, they knew it was him from the first 10 seconds of listening. Yeah, to yeah, song. I've read that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Yeah, because he was and, doing sessions, wasn't he? And he yes. wanted to, yeah. And that just, that like spoke to me. I'm like, ooh, I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. So he's my favorite now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put so, him at the top of my little Right, I'm right. Just like, I've got, you know, I've done it. Right. And yeah. so those three, I was kind of, I just kind of had in rotation a lot. So. And we just like transcribing them and like learning what they did. Yes. And, you know, basically sort of like copying, you know, getting their lines into your playing. Exactly. Yeah. Because I think learning a lot of those songs, it, it just helps you learn just different shapes. Yeah. And then you can like put them into other songs. Are you a visual player? Do you know when you play, do you always, are you thinking about sh- shapes? No. Geometrically you know on the fingerboard or are you thinking notes? Yeah, shapes. Shapes. I think I'm thinking more shapes because I'm, I'm a math person. Yeah, I, I do. Like I'm a, I'm a calculus person, geometry person, yeah. and it's a lot about shapes for me. But I think when I'm playing, I'm not so much thinking about them, but my fingers just, They've learned where those shapes are. Exactly. So you're just sort of like calling upon muscle memory. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Fender's got in contact, or you got in contact with Fender, and they're jumping on that opportunity. (laughs) What happened next? When did the Dave Stewart thing happen? Directly after. Directly after. Directly after. after. So what happened was I, um, Fender, they hit me up. They sent me, because at this point, I was really, of course, trying to get the Jocko sound, but I had this six-string bass yeah. that I absolutely loved, and I was just doing a lot of, like, just crazy stuff. I love the Yellow Jackets as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was into a bunch of different things, and 
they were like, yo, we have a six string, our very first six string. Do you want to help endorse it? And yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, send yeah. it to me. All right, yeah. <laughs> so they sent it to me. I was playing that, and then You're the guy came back. You still in Phoenix at that time? Yes, yeah, I'm still yeah. in Phoenix. We need to get that in the interview. We need to you know, do the whole LA thing. But anyway, yes. carry on. <laughs> carry on. So um, then... Tony Franklin says, okay, I just had this weird thought. I know it's so random, but we are remaking something called the Black Beauty. I don't think that I'm being racist, but I think you're Black Beauty, and I think you'd be great <laughs> endorsing it. And I'm just like, hmm, okay, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I did that. They put it in an ad, and Dave Stewart saw it, and he saw me on their website. Yeah. Because I guess Michael Jackson at that point was looking for all female players. He's like, where are the female players that are good? Yeah. And so Dave Stewart's like, I'm going to search. And he found me online and then he hit me up and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who are you? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's sort of like a, <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I, a generation I, or, or two before you, right? Right. And yeah. so um, I didn't know who he was. Who is this Dave guy? I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know. He's like, hello, Nick. And I'm like, hi, this is Dave Stewart. And I was wondering if you want to play with me. What are you like? After I'm going to, to check LA. my schedule, I'm not sure. No, I was just kind of like... <laughs> What? Oh, is this when the LA thing happened? Yes. Is it? Oh, right. Yeah. Cool. And so I was like, okay, cool. So they sent me the set list and I'm like, oh, I've heard these songs, I think, on the radio, like Sweet Dreams and all these other cool songs. I'm like, I've heard these, but of course they were done in the 80s and I'm like, I was born in the late 80s. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you missed it. Right. But I heard him on the radio and I'm yeah. like, oh, that's him. So then he flew me to LA, played a really big show and... um from there, things just kind of took off. And did you know you were going to move here straight away? No. No. I didn't want to. You didn't want to? No. I was I was happy in Phoenix. And then I actually ended up moving to New York, which is where I really got into like rock music. Oh, really? So really? a lot of people that see that Back in Black music video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the that, rock stuff that, that, was that I'm really playing in, now. in New York, yeah. That's, that's what really got me into the rock. And then Dave's like... Yeah, I'm gonna manage you. I wanna, you know, take you on tour with me and stuff, but you have to move to LA first. I'm like, what? So I moved to LA. So you just did it, yeah. Yeah, I did it. And when you got here, what was the scene like? Because obviously you come from Phoenix, right. you know, it, it's, it's a different place, it's right. What was that like? I suppose in, 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 in a way you were came, you're right in among it, really, aren't you? Because obviously yes. you're working with Dave. But was it a shock to the system or, or was it just amazing? Like, was it a dream come true? Um, Oh, for me, it, scary? <laughs> it, it was kind of weird. And I'm being honest. I really liked New York a whole lot. You know, when I got to L.A., I felt like everybody, everybody was good at something. Yeah. Like I go somewhere and it's just like, yeah, I play saxophone and I play for Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I do this and I do that. more. Like everywhere you go, everybody did something for somebody. Yeah. yeah. So it's just kind of like, well, it's no big deal. I'm not really that special. So whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was like. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to be the dumbest one in the room. That's what helped me become good is being the dumbest one in the room. Being around. At the, all times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what L.A. did for me. Being around just great musicians that, I mean, for me, they just let me play. Like Gucci, he was one of the first people that I met when I moved to L.A. So he had a, a jam that he used to do. I think twice a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was telling us about it the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he invited me to that and I was so scared to play. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not playing. I'm just going to sit at the bar and watch because Nick West ain't nobody yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's like, Nick West is in the house. Come up. So, I mean, he was the very first person that kind of 
kind of took me under his wing a little bit. Supported you, yeah. 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 Was that cool? It was really cool because then, you know, what three years later, we ended up both playing for Prince. Yeah. And we were like at Paisley Park at the same time and, you know, talking about the same thing. He's like, man, when I first met you, you were so wet behind the ears. <laughs> I'm like, I'm still wet behind the ears, you know. <laughs> How did the Prince thing happen? Um, okay. 2012. 2012. I was watching his video called Rock and Roll Love Affair. Yeah, yeah. And sit, literally sitting there watching the video on my laptop. And I'm like, whoa, Prince has a new music video and he's actually in the video? Okay, let me check this out. So I took my computer over to my friend's house. I'm in Phoenix. Took the computer over to my friend's house. I'm like, look, yo, Prince is doing something new. And he's just like, yeah, that's cool. He's like, you should be in that video too. And I'm like, "Mm, that would be nice, huh? (laughs) That would be cool. I kid you not, my phone kept ringing. I'm like, I don't know who this number is, so I'm not going to answer it. Not the day. The same day. It was 11 o'clock at night. I remember the day like it was yesterday. Have you heard of like visualization? Anyway, that's a conversation for a different time. But it's true. I, I yes, that this tends that? to happen to me. It's, it's very strange. But that's for a different conversation. Different we don't want to freak everybody out. We don't want to freak everybody yeah, out. Yeah, we don't want to. But it's check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so the phone's ringing. Phone's ringing. I'm not answering it. I don't know who it is. And then so I leave my friend's house and I'm like, I got in the car and I was like, let me call this number back. Let me see who this was. So. I got ready to call the number back, but then the phone rang again. And I answered it. I'm just like, hello? It's like, hello, is uh, can I speak to Nick West? And I'm like, yeah, this is her. I'm wondering who's calling at midnight. Who is this? And then he's just like, this is Prince. <laughs> and I was like, no, really, who is this? Yeah. He didn't respond to that. He didn't even like answer my question. He just like, just wanted to know if you wanted to come to Paisley Park and Jam. And I'm like, yeah, I wanted to say no. <laughs> Why? Because I wasn't ready. I'm like, every time something <laughs> big happens for me, I feel like I'm not ready. Yeah, yeah. You want to be like, give me two months and then just practice like crazy. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. But then my mom told me she's like serendipity. Yeah. You know? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're ready. So just go. So I was like, um, tomorrow. So he's like, he's like, how soon can you get here? I'm like, uh, tomorrow. So he flies me out the next day. But before that, I didn't sleep because I'm like, I have to learn all these Prince songs because I only know like two and he's going to ask me to play them and I, I can't look stupid. Right? Did he did he give you any tunes to learn? Was there any kind no. of like, no, you were just, you know, preempting it. You were like, Thinking I'm just going to cover be a all bases. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So then I go the next morning and I'm playing and everything with the band like. Like, I'm playing, just getting crazy, right? And, you know, doing my wild thing like I yeah, always yeah. do. He hadn't gotten there yet, so I was comfortable. Then all of a sudden, the band stops playing, and they all start cracking up. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? And then I feel a tap on my shoulder, and I turn around, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Prince. <laughs> and so um, he's just like, okay. Um, long story short, goes over to the piano, and he says, uh, let's play something. I was like, all right. I'm thinking. Whole band's there. The whole band's there. Whole band there. Well, so no part pressure. Of, part of the band yeah, is no there. No pressure. Yes. Right. Part of the band is there. And so I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, let's play something. 
And so he sits down at the right piano. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. nervous. Like, I'm so nervous. Yeah, I'm cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's cold out there. And so um, he gets down at the piano and starts playing. And he's just like, do you know uh, Sly, Sly and the Family Stone? Thank you for letting me be myself. And I'm just like, yeah. But in my mind, I'm like, but I didn't come here to play that because I learned these Prince songs. I'm assuming you're going to ask me to play Sly and the Family Stone. And he's just like, yeah, okay, okay. I I just said that in my mind. I didn't tell him that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 I know that. He's like, all right, come on, let's play it. So I got ready to start playing it, right? He's playing it on the keys and I I freeze. I froze. I just could (laughs) not play. I like, I was like shaking and he looks at me, he's like, all right, can you play it? And I'm like, I'm like, I can't, I, I can't. And he's just like, okay, let's back up. Who's your favorite bass player? And I'm like, well, I like Jocko, I like Marcus, I like James Jameson. And he's just like, okay. I kind of started rambling on. Yeah. He says, um, they're all great, but the one you need to really know about is Larry Graham. And I'm just like, yeah, I know, I know Larry Graham. I know Larry. I know Larry. <laughs> that was all in my head. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then he's just like, so I, I just want you to play that, that song because Larry played that song. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. He's like, now, if you weren't good at what you do, trust me, you wouldn't be here. I'm not asking you to be Larry. I'm not asking you to be Marcus. I'm asking you to be Nick West. Yeah. That's who you are. You should be able to do that. And I was like, oh. It makes okay. you feel more comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, I can do that. I can be Nick West. I'm not Larry Graham. I'm not Marcus. So we started playing the song, right? Right? Started yeah. playing it. And he's just like, okay, that's nice. Play it again. So I played it again. And he was just like, all right, give me your bass. <laughs> this was kind of like the same thing my dad used to do. Yeah. Give me your bass. Let me show Prince you how to play this your song. Dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And yeah. so he grabs my bass and he's just like, I'm going to show you a variation. Let me show you how Larry did it. He has these really huge hands. Spades. Big hands. Yeah, yeah. And he takes my bass and he just goes... Like he's he playing just, them sliding fifths. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. All of that, and he was like, "I'm thinking he's probably gonna break my strings." Oh really? He was like really whacking it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so he's just like, "Here, now you do it." And I'm just like, "You want me to do it?" I didn't say that. I just thought it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that so, going on. <laughs> there's a lot head. of that going on. <laughs> <laughs> and so I played it, and then we literally, I think we played that one song for like an hour. Really? Yeah. Yes. Just working on the feel, and just yes. yeah. Yes. So we play that song for an hour. And then he leaves the room and he's like, yeah, just keep playing. And so he leaves and he comes back like 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, just keep playing. I'm like, oh my God, you know, but just, just, just sitting there with so him. He's like getting you to work on it, right? Yeah. So yeah. Ju- yeah. And just sitting there with him really taught me something. First of all, how to dig in, how to really be aggressive on my bass yeah. and then how to, when you're playing the bass, it's not always about Oh my gosh, I'm going to put this feel here. I'm going to feel every four bars. Yeah. It's like, just play the groove and play that same groove until, it, until it's like in you, until it's in the floors, until you get like, it's just, everybody's just stomping, foot yeah, stomping, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that literally like turned a lot of what the way I was thinking around. 
Just that one moment, yeah. That so one it's a bit, moment. bit of a life, one of them life changing yeah. moments, yeah. yeah. Go, will you remember that forever, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Playing that groove for an hour. Yeah, yeah. Same bass line. <laughs> <laughs> so you're working in his studio regularly, aren't you, yeah? Yeah, well, yeah. So whenever he's ready to call, he just calls different people in. John Blackwell, he has different bands like uh, New Power Generation Jazz, like yeah. MPG Jazz. Yeah. And then he's got his um, New Power Generation with all the horns and everything. Yeah. And then he's got Third Eye Girl, which is like the rock trio. And then he's got people just kind of coming in and out of the studio, just playing whatever, whenever. It's like a really creative hub. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you sort of like, because you do your own your own stuff as well, don't you? I do. You know, that's what I, I, I first saw you doing. I think I first saw you over in Germany. Were you in Germany two years ago? Was yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two years ago. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah. The, not the one that's just gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The I one was. Before that was my first that. time. You were playing there. Yeah, it's the first time I saw it. I was like, wow, she's awesome. <laughs> Thank and you. So what, in terms of your own pro- projects, pro- what do you say project or project over here? Projects. 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 <laughs> I never know. I kind of like listen to a lot of American podcasts, so I'm, like, I'm just forgetting how to, you know. Projects. Like, yeah, so project, projects. Um, in terms of your own projects, um, who, what's the band, what's the writing process, you know, and are you touring? Yes, so yeah. my own projects, that's, that's actually what I work on and I do the most. Yeah. I would say that's, that's mostly what I'm known for. Um, the band consists of okay so how I found the band is I had something that I had to do with the house of blues in LA and I'm like oh my god I've been playing for everybody else and I don't have a band I need to find one like tomorrow so I just kind of started asking around like who's good on guitar who's this who's that and then these guys were just like yeah we'll do it we'll do it for free it's no big deal we'll just do it and I was like all right that's so dope so since that band just decided to come and just do it for free when the Blue Note called me to go to Japan, this was like my very first tour, I was like, Those guys, now yeah. it's time to get paid. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, I just, um, I, and I've been using the same band ever since. Um, now I'm doing something called the NWJB tour. Okay. So Nick West featuring John Blackwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know. Did you meet John through the Prince connection, right? Yes. Yeah. That's actually, no. No? Actually, I, I met and knew John before. I met Prince and met him during the whole Prince thing. Yeah. Um, he came to Arizona once and he was doing like a, a solo like jazz thing. And I met him then. And then uh, he went and like looked at some of my stuff and he's like, dude, you are funky. Like you are the type of bass player Prince is looking for. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until like a couple years later where Prince actually called. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I first met John. And was it like a dream? Because he's like, guys, if you haven't heard John, what, well, oh my God, he, he's amazing. Yeah. Well, the crazy thing was, and you know, don't look at me crazy, but um, <laughs> I didn't know the magnitude of John Blackwell. You didn't know how when I met him. How good it was. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I I went because this one jazz um, club was always popping with like really cool artists and stuff. So I just went and I was like, John Blackwell. Oh yeah, he's cool. And then, so I was like, here's my card. He yeah. looked up everything and then, you know, but it wasn't until later on where I discovered, oh my God, he'd be my dream drummer. Yeah. And then now he's just like, yo, Nick, when we going? I'm like, you want to <laughs> play with me? He's like, you'd have no idea. I sent him all the tracks and he's like, dude, you are so funky. You just have no idea. And so that just made me feel like, okay, I'm on the right, I'm on the right track. Yeah, yeah. Have you recorded with that band yet? I haven't. Um, with John? Yeah. Not yet. But it's coming, right? It's coming. So with your other projects, 
Where can people find out about them, you know, about you, website, Facebook? Yes. Where so can they get your albums that you've done? iTunes for albums, iTunes, Amazon, all that. Yeah. All that jazz. Um, and then nickwestbass.com. And then YouTube channel at Nick West Bass, Twitter, Instagram at Nick West Bass. Yeah, yeah. And just because we've also obviously got a load of bass geeks like myself listening to this and watching this, what gear are you using at the minute? So I am now signed exclusively to Warwick Amps, the LWA 1000, which I really, I really like, really love. Now my thing is like, I may not be a stickler about how beautiful my bass looks or anything like that, but I'm a stickler about tone. Like my tone has to be right or I just won't play. Put it in for lack of a better term. Like if I can't get the, the the tone is just, no, 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 no. It's not going to work. So, um, I'm using this, uh, Fender Jazz Deluxe. But the crazy thing is, is this is a prototype. So this oh, was, really? this yeah. is not a, a base that's on the market. This is a prototype that they said, oh, we're going to try all this new stuff in here. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, I like that. Can I have it? So they're just like, yeah, keep it. We're not going to do anything. Wicked. Wicked. And it's a bit beat up, guys. I'm, I'm a huge fan of bases. It's beat, beat up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm like sorry. It, yeah. I mean, it's because I've been oh, like... Oh, it's got like a different circuit and things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's active, right? So that's, it's passive. Like, you, it's passive and active. So the yeah. switch makes it passive and then you can go active. And what do you, you what do you generally use it in? Uh, passive. Passive. Well, de- definitely for recording, it's always passive. And I really like this bass because I can get so many different tones out of it. I was going to say, have you got different basses you use or are you kind of sort of like a one bass girl? I, I do have a, I have a lot of basses. Yeah. But this one I like because when I'm touring, I can take one bass with me and get the different tones. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Tones, yeah. I, I don't like taking a lot. I don't, I'm little. I can't be carrying all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I def, that's why I like this bass. I can get it and it records really, really well. Do, what, do you like, have you got any sort of like specific DIs you like or anything like that? Or you know effects? What? Or, you, you know, know, you know what? I actually use a, um, the Fender TP, B, TBP <laughs> preamp. They need to give them better names, right? I, I hate it when they give them a load of letters and the numbers. It's, it's like TBP. And I'm like, I, I don't know if the what letters I got backward, but yeah. I, um, I love that preamp. So that's a preamp that I actually use to record. And to be honest, I just use that preamp. My bass on passive, and I go straight through the interface. I was going to say, it's going straight to the desk, yeah. Right, straight through the interface, generally. But if it's something like a rock thing that I'm trying to uh, portray, then I will definitely record that way, as well as with the amp. Okay, so you've got, yeah, you, yeah, you're mixing the signals. So right. you're going one to the desk, and then you're the one to the... Yeah, exactly, the so just so it right, sounds yeah. more live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a super interesting story, right? Just like listening to something Interesting like your crazy. Well, crazy. crazy. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> if you were to put one, put it down to one thing that sort of like served you really well throughout, you know, your career up to this day, what do you think the one skill that you've had that served you really well? What do you think it is? The art of differentiation. Because there's, there's so many people that kind of do the same thing. And it's like, how do I stand out in the crowd? Yeah. How do I do that? And I was talking to Prince last year. We were just kind of having the same conversation. He's just like, I really love what you've done as far as your branding, the way you sound. And then you're kind of taking this funk thing, but you're kind of making it young too. He's like, I really, I really like that because most people don't understand that when I was younger, he's telling me his story. When I was younger and I was trying to be, stand out, there were five great bands. There was the Ohio Players, 
Earth, Wind, and Fire, like all the the best bands. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, what can I do to stand out? He's like, I had to figure that out. And I think you are really, really close to just figuring that out. And I think for me, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to be me. I've always been a little like off the cuff. I've had ADD my whole life. (laughs) And you know, yeah, I mean, jumping around the stage, doing all that stuff and everything. My sister was like, use what you got. Just do you. You're crazy. You jump around the stage. You jump around at home and like be breakdancing and just acting. You're a fool. So just do it on stage. Just do you. And I was like, all right. So I did me. Put on some hair that kind of looked like a bass clef. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that's what it is. The art of differentiation. Of course, practicing and stuff too. But at the end of the day, how do you stand out? Yeah, yeah. How do you differentiate yourself from everyone? Nick, thank you so much thank for coming you. in. Thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for watching. Huge thank you to Nick West. Go check her website out. Get her album and all that shizzle. And I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, so as you can hear from that interview, uh, you need to check out Nick West. She's, you know, great bass player, just a superhuman being. So you can check out, if you want to check what she's doing, just go to nickwestbass.com. That's where you can find her. Or for facebook.com forward slash nickwestmusic, you can can find her there. And she's also on YouTube as well, and you can get that at nickwestbass. Now, don't forget that I've also put some videos in the show notes as well for this episode. And if you want to check those out, go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode two. That's scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode two. We've got, you know, a couple of great videos. One of them, she's playing uh, Back in Black by ACDC. Um, she's got Orianthe on guitar, who was um, going to be doing Michael the, the final Michael Jackson tour. That's Orianthe was going to be doing that. Great guitar player. Check her out as well. Now, what else? Well, before I tell you who's coming next week, I also want to tell you to, if you haven't yet anyway, go over and check out Scott's Bass Lessons Academy. You'll just find it at scottsbasslessons.com. It is the, well, in my opinion, the coolest online bass educational platform. Um, But obviously, I will say that because I am Scott. But um, no, but seriously, it's really, really cool. We've got, uh, you know, full courses. We've got live weekly seminars with me and some of the best bass educators on the planet. We've got an amazing community. Go check it out. You can get a 14-day trial as well, completely free. Just go over to scottsbasslessons.com and check out the Academy. It is super, super cool. Now, next week, we have got the amazing... Hadrian Faroud. Now, if you don't know Hadrian before, check him out in the meantime. I posted on Facebook before I went out to LA and did the interview series for this podcast, and Hadrian was one of the most asked for guests that we that we got. And he's just such a phenomenal player. You know, he's for me, he's one of those guys that I can remember the first time I saw him play live and my jaw hit the floor. He's, he's just got, as far as technique's concerned, command of harmony on the fretboard, facility. He's just got oodles and oodles and oodles of it, and then some. He's played with guys like Chick Corea, uh, John McLaughlin. Um, the list just goes on. He's also got his own projects on the go as well, and he's just released a really, really cracking new album, actually. I can't remember the name of it, but you've got to check it out. It's on iTunes. It's got a really cool 80s-style cover as well, because... Uh, 
uh, Hadrian's, you know, into the 80s, into Back to Future and stuff like that. But yeah, so check him out and and get ready for the interview coming next week where we look into how he got into the bass, how his dad um, influenced who he was listening to right through to, um, you know, moving to LA from Paris and and everything that's happened since then. It's going to be super, super cool. So other than that, guys, take it easy. And as always, I'll see you in the shed.